Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Here's a shot, as you can see, at the uh, top of that shaft as everyone peering intently down that uh, hole that they dug parallel to the uh, uh, eight-inch water well shaft. All three major television networks have interrupted their programming in order to carry this. It started out as a simple story. It's ended up being uh, quite a dramatic one. And here it is. Yes. This is it. The pictures are snapping. The crowd is cheering. They're trying to quiet it down as they bring the little girl up. There she is. There she is. She's got a lot of mud and debris on her. It looks as though her forehead is badly scraped, but her eyes are open. When Jessica arrived, hospital staff was on hand to cheer her on. The toddler was accompanied by emergency medical personnel who had been instructed by doctors not to treat her, but to just rush her here, where she was immediately taken into the hospital's trauma center. And everyone loves a good rescue story. There's just something about it that evokes an an emotional response, whether that's chills or a rush of adrenaline or maybe even tears. There's just something about when people come together and unite and they put everything else to the side and nothing else matters because there's an individual who needs to be rescued. And we get laser-focused And we get determined and we say, there is nothing, there is nothing that's going to stop us from this rescue mission. This is how Christ feels about you. That's how he feels about me. And in fact, this is the way that Christ feels about every single person. Last week, we looked at the book of Luke, and we saw what Jesus made as his personal mission statement while he was here on earth. It comes from Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. And it says this, the son of man came to seek and to save those who were lost. This was his goal. This was his mission. This is why he was here on earth. That word save also can be translated as the word rescue. So Jesus says, I have come to seek and to rescue those who need to be rescued. And I am laser focused and I am determined because there is nothing, there is nothing that's going to stand in my way of accomplishing this mission. This is Jesus, the rescuer. And I want to say good morning to everybody here today. I want to welcome you. My name is Ben, and I'm one of the pastors here at Valley Point. Our lead pastor, Eric, is on a compassion trip this week, and they, that whole team made it safely, and they have begun their work. I want to say welcome to all of those who might be watching on Facebook. I want to say welcome to you, and thank you for choosing to join us today. As I get to continue in our teaching series that we're in called Rescue. 
And throughout this series, we're going to be taking a look at the profile of the rescuer, Jesus. And throughout the entire month of April, this is going to carry us through our Easter Sunday gatherings, our Saturday and Sunday gatherings, all the way through the end of the month as we take a look at the characteristics which made Jesus the ultimate rescuer. And today, today we're going to look at a moment in history, a historical moment that is documented and preserved for us within Scripture. Now, this is a moment that really captures Jesus' leadership philosophy. And it signifies a shift in Jesus' ministry model from that moment moving forward all the way until today as we, Valley Point Church, function. This event lays the foundation for some of the ways we do church today. And we're not going to be talking about the death of Christ although has a major impact on how we function today. We're going to reserve Friday night this week for this, for our Good Friday gatherings. Liz mentioned them before at 5 and 6.30. We invite all to come out. We're going to sing. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to take communion together and take some quiet moments to reflect on the sacrifice of Jesus. So we're not going to focus in on that today. And this particular moment we're going to look at is certainly not the resurrection of Jesus, because if I stole Pastor Eric's Easter content, I don't think he would let me speak again. So I'm going to stay away from that this morning. And we're not going to be talking about the ascension of Jesus, and we're not even going to be talking about the Palm Sunday story on Palm Sunday. I don't even know if you can do that in church, but we're going to do it today. It's not going to be what we're focused in on this morning, because this particular moment happened before all of that occurred. And it's a story you may have read before, you may have heard in Sunday school, you may have been taught this, but probably didn't realize the magnitude of its implication for you. Have I built this up enough? All right, all right, I think we can move on. I hope it doesn't disappoint. But last week, we kicked off this series and said, Jesus the rescuer was wise. And we saw this at a very young age. In fact, it's unique in scripture. We see Jesus, we all know the story of his birth, the baby Jesus in Bethlehem. We really don't hear anything else about him until his early adolescent years in the singular story that we talked about last Sunday. And then there is another long stretch of silence until Jesus is about 30 years old. And this is when Jesus began his earthly ministry. So when I talk about today Jesus' ministry, what I'm referring to is the time in which he chose to, to leave his hometown and begin to travel around to other places, teaching and performing miracles and really beginning to reveal who he was to the world. So that kind of signifies the the, the beginning of his ministry. And Jesus, in his wisdom, knew that he wasn't going to be on this earth for very long. In fact, it only took him three years from the time he was 30 until the time he was 33 when he was crucified. Only three years to accomplish his earthly mission. And we're going to see today, not only was Jesus the recruiter wise, Here's our big idea for today. We're also going to see that Jesus, the the rescuer, was purposeful. 
He was purposeful. And as we read through all of the Gospels in Scripture, and the Gospels are the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, because the New Testament isn't one big book. It's a collection of smaller books and letters all put together into a testament. And the first four books are designed to, uh, as eyewitness accounts, the authors are eyewitnesses of the life of Jesus, and they documented these moments of his life. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we've been hanging out in Luke. But throughout all the Gospels, we see a few things. Jesus was very purposeful in that he never wasted an opportunity to help others. He never wasted an opportunity to point what he was doing and glorify the Father God. And he never missed the opportunity to focus in on the more important. See, he never focused in on the things that didn't matter, the unimportant. He always shifted things into what mattered the most. He was purposeful. Everywhere he went, every person he talked to, every conversation he had, every person he healed, everything was meant to help him accomplish his mission while he was here on earth. Which is going to lead us to the event, that moment in history that I spoke about before that defines his ministry model, that defines his leadership philosophy for us today. And we're going to be hanging out again in the book of Luke. We're going to be in chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So we're going to read this story together. And as I read, take in the words, take in this story, and see if you can pick out when this shift in Jesus' ministry model occurs, all right? So verse one, one day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him, as they often would when he would travel and teach. They pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. They were done for the day. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let, let down your nets to catch some fish. All right, master, Simon replied, we worked hard. We, we kind of know what we're doing. We, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing, but... If you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were so filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter, same guy, Simon, sometimes called Peter, sometimes Simon Peter, when he realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, leave me. I'm such a sinful man, for he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. So Jesus replies to Simon, Don't be afraid, for now on you will fish for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Did you catch it? 
No fishing puns intended, of course. I don't, that was about the same reaction as first hour. Maybe I'll scrap that for the next one. I enjoyed it, so maybe I will keep it. So this is a pretty cool story. A lot happening, but what's very unique is that Luke, out of all the gospel writers, was the only one who records the miracle that Jesus performs here. In fact, Matthew and Mark just state that Jesus was walking along the shores. He calls Peter. Peter drops everything, drops his net, and follows Jesus. I mean, that's pretty amazing in and of itself, but there's so much more in this story that the other authors did not record because they chose to focus in on what they thought was more significant than the fish. And this is what I want us to focus in on today. Because for me, when I would hear this story growing up and read it and study it, I always kind of focused in on Peter. Like, wow, there's this this guy who was just doing his thing, fishing, and here comes Jesus along and says, follow me. And he drops it all, his, his livelihood, his profession, and says, I'm with you. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And that happened. That certainly happened. And Luke, for whatever reason, decides to peel back more of the layers for Peter. And I kind of see this as sort of a flashback episode of This Is Us. Because we begin to see more of what made Peter, Peter. And I think Luke does this because later on, as we find in Scripture, Peter becomes one of the foundational leaders of the very first Christian church. I mean, Peter is right there. He's a really famous guy. I mean, we're talking about him today. So I think Luke kind of wanted to give some of the context for what made Peter, Peter. But what it also does is it also tells us a portion of what made Jesus, Jesus. And what I would posit today is that this story is far more about Jesus than it is about Peter. Because to this point, Jesus' ministry had been about him. Teaching and preaching and traveling and performing miracles. Jesus doing all of these things. And then everybody else just observing him doing all of this. And following him around. Well, all of a sudden, we see this shift. Jesus makes a unique statement. Very purposeful statement when he calls Peter to follow him. He says, I don't just want you to follow Peter. Don't be afraid. Because from now on, you're going to fish for people. Other gospels quote Jesus as saying, come with me, Peter, and I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. Are you seeing it? There's this shift in the way Jesus began to function within his ministry. He says, it's no longer just going to be me doing these things. Peter wasn't just called into an administrative position. Jesus wasn't just asking him, hey, come along, make sure everything's in order, make sure I have a place to sleep at night, we have enough funds to buy food and everything we need. Just take care of those things while I do my thing. Jesus was inviting Peter into the experience. He was saying, Peter, forget the fish, man. We're going for people. Because there is a rescue mission that I'm on. And Jesus, in his wisdom, knew 
The disciples didn't know this. Peter didn't know this. They thought Jesus was establishing his kingdom right then. Jesus was saying, I'm not going to be here very long. And I need people to carry on my mission when I'm not here. So I don't just need followers. I need a follower who's going to do what I'm doing. And Peter, that's you. Wow. But what's interesting, though, is that Peter wasn't following a total stranger. He knew Jesus. He had followed Jesus for a short time and then had gone back to fishing. And he and some of his friends, they knew something was different about Jesus. And they thought just maybe he is this Messiah that we've been waiting for. And Luke pinpoints this moment as the moment Peter finally realizes, wow, this is him. This is the Lord. That's why we see him falling to his knees in embarrassment over the sin in his life. I'm not even worthy to be in your presence. And Jesus says, you've trusted in me. I know that. Now come and do what I'm doing. I see this as sort of like a, like a scene out of Braveheart. He's like, go to war with me, Peter. Come on, come fight with me. Because we're about to wage a war against the evils in this world and worlds that you don't even know about. Because there is a rescue mission that I am on. People need to be saved and I'm gonna do it. And Peter, you're coming with me. And Peter said, yes, I'm coming. Forget the fish, I'm going with this guy. We're gonna change the world. We're gonna revolutionize the hearts and minds of men and women and kids for eternity. Wow, to be called by Jesus as a personal disciple of his. And there's no wondering. I mean, he pointed at Peter and said, you come with me. Wow, what an honor. What an honor to be called a disciple of Jesus. And he knows Peter's not going to get it right all of the time. In all of his craziness, in all of his clunky and sometimes, oftentimes, completely wrong ways, Peter would struggle to follow Jesus. And Jesus knew this. In fact, Jesus knew that Peter was going to deny him and abandon him when he needed him the most. But still, he said, Peter, you. I need you because you have what it takes. You believe in me, and that's what I need. So here's our thinking point for today to just kind of highlight and help us to really see what Jesus is doing here because we now see Jesus, the recruiter. He says, Peter, I have followers. I have plenty of followers. I have so many people following me that I, I have to get in a boat to teach them. I need more than just followers. I need followers who are going to do what I'm doing. I need disciples. So what does this word mean? disciple, because it's kind of common in the Bible. It's not really common for us today. There's not a whole lot of cultural context for it. It would be kind of weird if I said I'm a disciple of Eric or I'm a disciple of another individual. It's just not what we use in terminology now. So I want to share with you 
some study that I've done to kind of develop this word and kind of dig into the evolution of this term disciple. This all comes from the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology. So what we find as its origin is this. Disciple was the characteristic name for those who gathered around Jesus during his ministry. So people would come and they would follow him. And then for those who would trust him, believe in him, they would be known as disciples. And then we know Jesus took 12 among them and made them sort of his closest followers, named them the apostles. And sometimes you'll hear them referred to as apostles in scripture. Sometimes you hear them as the 12. So these were disciples of Jesus. This was what disciples meant then. And then we begin to see its evolution. This term carried into the book of Acts, where it began to have a general sense of a new term introduced, Christian. Acts is the biblical account of the early church. And then we see its resolve. We see it finishing its evolution. After the book of Acts, the term disciple is abandoned and is totally replaced by the term Christian in order to clarify its meaning, specifically disciples of the Lord. So in a relatively quick amount of time, we go from disciples to Christians, disciples of the Lord, because then there were disciples of all sorts of leaders. And the church wanted to clarify that we are disciples of Jesus, the Lord, the rescuer. And you'll even hear Valley Point around here. We'll refer to ourselves sometimes as Christ followers because we want to make sure we clarify that our community knows that we follow Jesus, the Messiah, the resurrected Savior, the Rescuer. So what does then all of this mean for us today? How do we assimilate this? into our everyday living, our everyday lives, where we sit here today. So I want us to review a couple of takeaways. I have a statement, and then I have two questions for us. So the statement is this. Jesus has recruited you. He's recruited you, just like he did Peter. Who are the disciples today? So if that's who they were then, how do we know who Jesus has chosen as disciples today? It's very simple. It's you. It's me. It's the church. If you have put your faith in Jesus alone to save you, he has opened this wide up for you to say, I need you, not just to follow, but to do. And I need disciples. And while I'm, not, I'm no longer there, I'm setting up this structure, the church, to be me when I'm not there anymore. So Jesus has recruited you. So then what questions did that lead us to? The first question is this. How have you responded to him? How have you responded to him? Have you accepted? Have you dropped your nets and began to follow him? Have you just been following? Maybe you didn't realize the other piece of all this. You're sitting here and you're like, yes, of course, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he came and he died for me and he rose again. And that takes, belief in him takes that sin's grip 
off of my heart. I just didn't realize I was supposed to do anything with that. And Jesus says, come on, come with me. We have a mission. We have a rescue mission to fulfill. And we're going to do this thing together. We're going to rally the troops. We're going to get laser focused and determine that nothing's going to stand in our way because there's people who need rescuing. Have you declined? Have you delayed? You've been kicking it around, not quite sure Jesus is who he says he is. Today, today would be a wonderful day to put the nets down and follow. To say, Jesus, I believe it's you. And then our last question to consider today is this. Who have you recruited? As a church, Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving because you're here. And when I'm not here, I need you to be me. So who have you reached out to? And students, students in the room, look up here. Any students we have. This isn't just for your parents. This isn't just for the old people in the room. Because if you've put your faith in Jesus alone to save you, then Jesus says, you're my disciple. You're my follower. I need you to do what I did in your school, on your sports teams, in your clubs, in your family, to your parents, to your siblings, to your extended family. I need you to be me. This isn't just for your parents. You have way more energy than your parents do. You can accomplish far more than they ever can. So none of us get a pass on this. Jesus says, I choose you. What an honor. So are we going to drop the nets and follow? Because church, for us, there, there, there are people in this community who desperately need to be rescued by the loving and generous Savior, Jesus Christ. And students, your friends, they're looking, they're searching, they're trying to find what it is they don't have and need. And we have it. We have it. The rescuer, Jesus And there's a lost and there's a dying world that desperately needs our attention. So let's rally the troops. Let's come together. Let's take the focus out of the unimportant, put it on the most important, and say there's a rescue mission that needs to happen. And we are not going to rest and we're not going to give up. And there's nothing that's going to get in our way until people who need to be rescued rescued. What a perfect time of the season to consider all of this. Extend an invite, friends, family, co-workers, kids, school teachers, whoever. Let's invite and say, I have found and I see more clearly now than I ever have what you need. Come, 
Come and see. What a wonderful day if you've never embraced the love of Jesus to do that today in your own way, in your own imperfect way, cry out and say, God, I am dropping the nets. I trust in your son, Jesus, that he came, that he died for me. He rose again. And I want sin's grip on my life removed. And I believe Jesus is the only rescuer who can do that. Let's pray. God, as we enter into what we refer to as Holy Week, let us consider your son's great sacrifice for us. And I pray for those in this room who have never embraced his rescue, I pray that they would today, even in the quietness of this moment, to drop the nets and follow. For those of us who have made the decision to follow and perhaps we just haven't done a great job at it, for whatever reason, we're more focused on the unimportant and we need to recommit to the rescue mission of your son, Jesus, and say, I'm focused in on that because that's what matters. That's eternity. Pray pray your, your blessing over all of those in this room. Keep us safe. Help us to recognize the enemy's attacks against us and to hold strong not get pushed back to keep moving forward encourage those who need encouragement be our strength when we're all out of strength be our courage when we're all out of courage we pray these things in your son Jesus' name amen thanks for listening if you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.